Welcome to the Instant Mentor Podcast, where we talk everything mentorship. As co-founders of Instant Mentor, I'm Lance, and with me is Michael. And today, we will be discussing what questions should I ask my mentor? Now, we know that wisdom is not only found within the answers to questions, but it's also found within the questions that we ask. If we're not asking the right questions, uh, it can be difficult to be able to propel ourselves forward or to really change their trajectory of where we want to go. Um, you know, in life, there's many good questions out there, uh, but we definitely want to dissect and just discuss what are what are some of the best questions to be asking. Maybe it's periodically. Uh, maybe it's a one-time question. And so, uh, Michael, as always, do you want to kick us off? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I think where we probably should begin with this one, and totally open to if you want to take another direction, maybe thinking about the different stages of mentorship and what questions you should ask without them. Because I think that context and maturity of your relationship, if you will, that plays so much into the types of questions you should ask. What do you think? I 100% agree. And so like off of that, what would you say are like some of the stages? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And we actually put something together, um, you know, a little while back as we were thinking through how our platform, how Instant Mentor, how we want that to work. Like, what are those different uh, stages of, of mentorship, especially if you're using a technology platform like Instant Mentor? And I think the the couple of um, stages we outlined is there's a registration and kind of matching stage. So, you know, as you're kind of getting into any online platform for mentorship, you kind of go through the stage of matching. Even if you're doing this offline, you still need to make sure you're, you're matching with the right mentor for you. Because one, you can't have everybody be your mentor. But um, two, you know, you got to make sure you pick the right one that's going to be the best use of your time. And obviously you're going to be uh, being a good use of their time. Mm-hmm. So I think that matching period is probably the first place where you start. And after you have built that relationship and you're forming that mentorship, then it kind of breaks into the introduction and kind of the setting the foundation of your relationship. Um, and then after that, you kind of shift into more of like a goal oriented focus, uh, along with like just maintenance of your objectives. And then I think really where you see the broad value, and I know it could be discouraging to to hear, but it's really kind of the final stage is when you start breaking through the growth and accountability stage. So that to me is the most beneficial. You know, at that point, you have the right mentor, you've set the right foundation, you two have really good rapport, you set some high level goals and you've been, you know, having a number of conversations and now you're growing together and you're holding each other accountable like we talked on the last few episodes. So I think those were the high level ones we outlined kind of at the beginning of this. But um, do you think there's any that are kind of missed within that or do you want to just jump right into kind of that like finding your mentor matching stage? No, I mean, I think... You hit the nail on the head with those stages and, and the layout of moving forward. And then within that, it's finding the appropriate questions for each. One thing I would add that I think is very important, and I'm wondering if it's more at the beginning, if it's in the middle. I, I Off the top of my head, I'd say in the beginning, but hmm. you know, assessing the character of the mentor and, and what they value, mm. you know, and yep. I, I guess we can go into some certain questions. Like I would find it uh, very imperative to ask questions such as, uh, what do you value most? 
you know, because that's going to speak to a lot of what's ruling them within. Uh, you know, mm. pe- when we love certain things, we're not going to be silent about it. We're always going to talk about the things that we love the most. Um, so, you know, if, if someone is just all about money and loves money, that's all they're going to talk about. But if we're right. looking for deeper substance in that, they're going to be talking about, I really love not only helping other people, you know, many people say, I, I just want to help people. I love helping people. But they'll unpack that and say, this is really the vision and how I want to help people or maybe how I have done so in the past. Uh, you know, another good question I think to ask is, uh, what is most important to you? That is also going to speak volumes to how they live their lives because basically how we live our life revolves around whatever is most important to us. If we find that our spouse is the most important thing to us, then that's just how naturally it's going to be. We're going to be more prone to just, you know, uh, exalting them on a pedestal, so to speak, and we're going to... Um, we can do that either appropriately, right, uh, to love them, to serve them, to spend time with them, or it can come in the way sometimes, as with anything, uh, idolatrous, where we just forsake everything else. We no longer spend time with friends. Uh, mm-hmm. We no longer invest in ourselves or work on our hobbies. We live basically to serve this person so long as they're happy, then we're happy, which, uh, Michael, I know we've talked about in the past, just <laughs> isn't the way to go, right? <laughs> Um, so I think those two questions are very imperative. I, I'm curious, Michael, is there anything you would have to add to that to help understand one's character? Or maybe you just want to jump into the very beginning, like some good questions as well. Yeah, I mean, those are some really deep-rooted questions. And I think it totally does everything you just said. You know, it helps identify what are those guiding lights for that? Where is their focus? And you can kind of find some similarities or maybe you might find some differences, which does happen. And sometimes that's a good thing, right? They might see say things around family or faith or kids or just success to your point or money and all those different drivers could resonate with you or, or they could kind of push you in another direction to be like, maybe this isn't necessarily the person who's going to be aligned with what I'm looking for. Mm. Um, to step back even one one more, because I think we just made the assumption, but I don't know that it's always true for everybody. You know, if you're kind of initially meeting someone that you think could be a good mentor, whether it's through a platform like Instant Mentor or, you know, it's ultimately just you you meeting someone and think they could be a, a good um, person to connect with. We, we actually did our whole episode um, kind of about like, how do you choose the right mentor? And I think those kind of icebreaker questions, if you will, of First of all, just get to know them. <laughs> Do they yeah. have a family? You know, well, what career field are they in? Like, make sure you don't skip that step and go back and listen to our podcast. If, if you do, if you just jump right into Lance's question, they might be like, whoa, this is going to be heavy conversation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but we, we've talked about building that rapport is so important. So make sure you don't skip that step. But I think as you're kind of evaluating, you know, this is something I'm going to put a lot of time and effort into. This is someone I'm going to connect with on a very deep level. Like your questions are are so important to ensure you guys are generally aligned, you know, with your with your objectives and your focus. Otherwise, you'll always kind of be missing that mark together. So I yes. think that's a great suggestion. No, and you know what? I love how you said that. It it really it all starts with the basics. We we may know the basics, but you always got to bring them up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And if, if you find out stuff like that, right, it's just all about building that rapport and that relationship. Or when you meet, you're like, oh, did you catch that game last night? Like you can find those things that you guys can relate to. So that way you can 
just connect as people before just jumping into deep topics. And that makes it a little more lighthearted. It makes the conversation a little more easy and it makes it more fun too. So I think there's a lot of benefits to having that rapport and being able to share that connection with your mentor before you hit them with the hard questions. <laughs> That's right. No, I really, I really like that, Michael. Finding the questions to reveal what you both relate to and, and you right. portray that, you know, like you said, did you catch the game last night? Or I don't know, maybe you're big into politics and you say, you know, not obviously there's a huge divide with that, but you know, did you hear the news about blank yesterday or, right. um, you know, maybe things like travel. that. You know, asking Maybe. just like, hey, you were, how was your trip to Paris like the last couple of weeks or whatever it might be? Yes. Yes. So it's just – and, you know, I like how you said too at the very beginning, um, like you can incorporate some uh, other sort of serious questions within that. But definitely like the first few interactions, like it's it's fun. You're getting to know each other. It's like – um, when you're first, you know, getting to know someone that you potentially want to date, you know, it's just asking those questions. Um, right. So I really like that because, yeah, if you don't have that relatability, as you said, Michael, uh, the general consensus of how you move forward and what the viewpoints are, it, it's just not going to link well and the synergy just won't be there. So it's important to find that right. out, out, up front. Absolutely. And I think the next thing that's, you know, kind of as part of the base, you know, before you jump into um, really deep questions is figuring out just availability. You know, I think that the beauty of using a platform like a cementer is that, you know, you can find each other's availability and easily kind of skip those steps. But I think obviously a, a good mentorship comes with consistent connection points, right? Where, where you're meeting regularly, you're pouring into each other on a regular basis. So making sure whoever you choose that they have the availability to actually meet with you being like, I, I think Lance, you've given some really good examples, just starting off with something like, Hey, can we meet monthly and just get coffee and, you know, just talk about things. And if you can find that cadence to meet with them and ensure they have availability, because last thing you want is to be like, yeah, this person's awesome. You know, you guys really connect. And then it's like, Oh yeah, they can only meet once every six months. Like there's just not going to be a lot of value there. Right. And yeah. sure. That's a good connection to have maybe because they do align with those things, but that availability is so foundational before you even start is just saying, Let's start meeting on a regular cadence in a way that worked for both of us. I 100% agree. And, you know, being lifelong friends, Michael, I mean, we started that interaction, what, in the womb, it feels like? <laughs> I would say it was probably around then <laughs> before we were even cognitively aware of it. So it's pretty good. <laughs> exactly. Don't ask us how it was done, audience, but it just It was done. <laughs> but I think in kind of stepping into the foundational pieces, like we, we talked about before, before you can have a successful mentorship, you have to know what your goals are. And I think as you're as you're thinking about that first meeting you're going to have or maybe that second meeting you're going to have is kind of aligning, like you said, you know, ask about their values, ask what's important to them and try to ask questions that are going to help you understand if they're aligned to your goals. And you can be transparent with them, too. And I, I don't know if you have a personal story on this, Lance, with you and your mentor, but have you have you ever come to them and said, hey, these are my goals, you know, for this year, or the next five years. And this is what I was really hoping you might be able to help me focus on or things that um, you may help me learn or get your experience from. Have you ever done anything like that? Yeah, that's a great question, Michael. I would say my mentor has just kind of asked the questions like, what are you working on? Um, hmm. Or what are your goals? So I didn't have to really bring them up. And then once I told him, each meeting he'll always say, well, Lance, how's your, you know, 
your startup going or how are, hmm. is the writing for your books going? And so once he kind of asked the question because he was generally interested in what I was doing, right. it's basically like in some sense an accountability check-in, but he also has the gift of encouragement too. He, he, he really cares and um, he's willing to help in any way possible. And so going to these meetings and the things that I'm working on, if I have questions, uh, I definitely want to bring those to the table like – Hey, you know, thought about doing this, this marketing strategy isn't working. What are your thoughts here? Mm. And um, so, I mean, with you, Michael, for example, like your mentor uh, or your relationship with your mentor, do you tell him your goals? Is there some accountability check-in? Because I definitely think that's a great thing to do, whether you say it or they ask you. And then also asking the appropriate questions like, hey, this isn't working. What are your thoughts here? Right. Yeah, I think after you get through, you know, the matching step and pairing and finding that right mentor, meeting on that cadence, then you break the ice, you get to know them a little more, you kind of align with generally what they value in and kind of the phase two, if you will. When you step into that goals and, and maintenance stage, you know, phase three, this is this is exactly where like we, my mentor and I, you know, we, we know each other through um, his daughter. So like I got to know him kind of naturally as I was growing too. Mm -hmm. So ours is a little less formal, but I do always come to him with things I'm struggling with. And it's, it's a lot of career focus. So I can kind of come to him and be like, Hey, you know, I'm really struggling with this at work. And, you know, I kind of give him the specifics of the situation. I tell him, you know, I'm trying to get this promotion or I'm debating, you know, switching industries to switch into this type of role. And he's able to give me just specific feedback. And then we kind of action plan around it. Like, I'll give you one example, Lance, is, you mm -hmm. know, as I was kind of thinking about switching jobs a few years ago, um, he said, well, let's first take a look at your resume. And he kind of helped me break down the high level goal into tangible steps to being like, OK, let's break out your resume. Let's find what's most important to you. Like, what are those important things you're looking for in the workplace? What type of industry gets you excited? And so thanks to his experience, he was able to help me break down a larger goal that I had that. I didn't really know which direction to go first into like tangible pieces that he could provide his guidance and experience on, which is invaluable. Absolutely. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head, like figuring out exactly, uh, you know, where you want to be, where you want to end up, your goals uh, and incorporating your 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 passion, too. It sounded like he kind of asked the questions that revealed that as well, because, I mean, it's been well said in the sense of you, you know, you don't want to work a job where you're going to be miserable the rest of your life. Right. Now, not every job you have or career choice you have is going to be fun and exciting. It's, and even if you are in your dream job, so to speak, you're not going to enjoy it 100% of the time. There's just going to be difficulties and trials. But taking time to assess your goals and then figuring out your passions too, because a lot of times within the passions we have, we find the strengths needed in order to press into those passions. And there are career things right. for that. Uh, now, we're not saying if you have a passion for music to immediately go out and, <laughs> you know, start to become a professional violinist or, or whatnot. Not that we discourage that, but uh, just assessing, you know, there is a lot of overlap uh, between passion and goals. And so, for example, just with mm -hmm. me, I love writing. I never even knew I enjoyed it until after college when I actually was able to write on things that I wanted to write about. Right. And I just found this gift. And then now I'm taking that into like my current job, 
with writing certain articles around peak performance and, um, and uh, uh, you know, that aspect. And so you can, there's a lot of ability to correlate passions with your goals. And, and Michael, for you, would you say, have you come across that standpoint already? And if so, how long did it take for you to get there? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting you say it that way. It's almost like if you had to, to sum it up, because of your, like, I think this is the beauty of, of the mentorship, mentee-mentor relationship, is the mentor can give you guidance of how to get to those objectives that you, you'd like or other avenues that you can find them. You know, because I think as, as you have a passion and you're a younger mentee and you really want to explore it and you're, you just don't know where to start or because of your limited knowledge, you think you have to like go the startup route or you think you have to go the corporate route to hit your goals. I think mm. that's where your mentor can come in and they can kind of give you the right guidance to be like, hey, you know, you really enjoy this, you know, rather than try to do a startup where maybe you don't have any money or anything like that. Um, maybe go into this uh, corporate role that's going to get you the skills you need to learn more to then do this startup that you really want to do. So you're going to gain the skills to get there. And, you know, that's something that only comes with proper guidance and, and time. And I even think about that, Lance, as I, you know, I, I coached a, a lacrosse team for a while. And, you know, as I talk to the kids, it, it's so funny because, you know, you, you learn all these things. And then as you get older, when younger folks ask you questions and you get, have a chance to mentor them, it, it kind of hits you, too, of like, oh, wow, I remember I was this naive and not in a bad way. It's just because no. you're young. Right. You don't know what you don't know. And so yep. a lot of these kids that would bring questions to me, it, it was so funny because it's like, you know, some of them are debating dropping out or like they want to do this, but then they're choosing this as their career field. And it's like, actually, you know, let's talk about that. And I can help guide them a little bit because of situations and experience that I've accumulated over the years. So I think that is the the really cool thing about it is as you're bringing up those goals and as you're um, divulging those to your mentor, they can provide their experience to help align with those goals and either help you break it down into tangible steps where they can provide uh, that guidance and you guys can go on that journey together. Uh, they can also just provide general direction to be like, you should go explore this, like go go look into this. This might be of interest to you because they have more experience and knowledge. Yes. And, you know, I love what you said about being naive. We've all been there and we still are there when comparing ourselves, hopefully, to our future selves because we're in a constant state of growth. And so it's very important to understand that there are no dumb questions. I mean, obviously, you can figure out a dumb question, but when you're genuinely asking even just basic questions, don't think, oh, this is stupid or, oh, they're going to think I'm... I'm dumb for right. not knowing this. You know, that self-talk is is not appropriate. And there is no such thing as a dumb question when you are really desiring to just know the answer and to grow and uh, just wanting to get better. And so whatever the question might be, whether it is very profound or it's very basic, never hinder yourself from asking that question. Um because there's always fruits within anything, whether it's macro on the macro level or micro level. And just look around us. Nothing would operate without the micro and likewise the macro. So we need both in order to uh, continue to grow and develop and exist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the, the interesting thing about this too is, you know, as you're kind of bringing up your goals and talking to them about like what, what you have planned and looking for their guidance is you then embark on these journeys together. 
like I was talking through. And Lance, like I think something that you said that was awesome with you and your mentor is you guys kind of pick a book to read that's generally aligned with your interests. So you kind of bring, hey, I'm interested in faith or I'm interested in leadership or entrepreneurship or whatever. And Mm -hmm. you guys kind of pick a book together to kind of go through. So because of your goal, your mentor and you decided to go on and through an activity to help you reach that goal, which I think is really, really interesting and go on it together. And even for me, you know, as I talk about that job situation, it's even though it started off on, hey, am I just looking for a job? You know, we kind of broke down specific things to say, okay, let's start with a resume. Hey, here's a couple jobs. Go look at what those are and see if they're interesting to you. And we kind of went in that journey together, which happened over time. So it wasn't just like a one meeting, I got firm direction and go. It's like, no, we had a meeting. We, we broke it down together. And now we're both providing value to each other by stepping through these, these individual activities to help us reach whatever that goal is, which I think is really cool. Yes, I, I really love that. And I know we're kind of jumping around here. But even before that, before the breakdown of certain things, and maybe you choose to read a book or whatever it might be, uh, I think some great questions to ask is, hey, what's the end goal of this mentorship relationship? And the mentor can ask that or the mentee. And just right. saying, you know, what what would success look like at the end for you specifically? Hmm. Uh, because, you know, as, as we've brought up before, the seven habits of highly effective people always start with the end in mind. If we don't know exactly where we're going or then we're just kind of winging it, if you will. Right. But if we both can come to the consensus, Hey, the very end of this mentorship relationship, I would love to have, you know, to become not only a mentorship, but lifelong friendship. Uh, maybe we even reach a point where, we uh, go to like an NCAA basketball game together or something right. like that, uh, you know, or maybe the end is, hey, you become end up becoming on the board or a chairman of my startup and you're involved that mm-hmm. way, you know, just figuring those things out and asking what does success look like, I think is imperative. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, and I think that's even before you kind of start charting towards these activities like you mentioned. So almost in like the phase two, before you kind of get into the explicit, you know, goals and objectives that you guys are going to go through together. And I think, you know, beyond that is is really the last stage, which is growth and accountability. You know, kind of over time, you know, we make this feel like it's a process. But to be honest, and I think, Lance, we can both attest to this, it does become more natural, you know, just connecting those people going through it together. So it doesn't need to follow a rigid process. But, you know, I think as that relationship forms, you know, in in month six or beyond, you're kind of going through those individual activities. You're inherently, like we talked about in our last podcast, is you're inherently holding each other accountable by meeting on this regular cadence, by working through a goal. Like that continues working towards your goal and it continues your relationship moving forward. And it, it really does then go from a spectrum of, you probably start with some pretty easy topics. You know, you, you go through something relatively black and white, looking for a job, um, starting a, a startup, maybe um, things like that that are pretty easy. But then it starts to get more complex. Like as you go through your different life stages, if, if you're looking for a life mentor, you know, you could get into some really hard topics. And that's only possible once you have that rapport with your mentor, once you guys are able to talk to things at that deeper level to be like, hey, you know, my wife and I are really struggling something like that. And you guys have to really talk about some deep stuff that is emotional. You know, it's hard to talk about, 
but that yeah. mentor, because you've built that relationship, you know, helps you, you know, go through that together because maybe they even have an experience that they've had to figure out on their own. And so I think that's what, you know, the, the last phase and beyond is it's really turns into more natural of just guidance on really hard topics, sometimes easy topics, but ultimately that to your point, almost like a life mentor. Yes. And I, I really like that. And I think off of that too, it's just important to be willing to be vulnerable in the sense of, you know, once mm-hmm. you've established that relationship over time, uh, I mean, you know me, Michael, I'm very open pretty much with anything. Uh, <laughs> that that doesn't bother me, but I know for some Sometimes people, too open. No, <laughs> sometimes, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for some people, it's very difficult. But once you form right. that relationship alongside the things that you touched on, it's okay to say, hey, I'm really struggling here. I'm I'm discouraged. Uh, I'm feeling impatient. You know, I've been working on this for a year or two. Like, what did you do during a similar situation or season? Or as you alluded to, also, maybe it's a relational thing, a conflict, and you, you're feeling down. You feel like you're not, you're, you're not as productive in your work. And you ask them just like, you know, what do I do here? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm noticing my productivity is diminishing. I know this shouldn't be the way. How do you overcome these situations? And right. when those deeper questions begin to come out, you really not only get to know each other on a deeper level, but you begin to find deeper meaning and ways to approach certain seasons of life because they're pouring that into you. Uh, otherwise, you're just kind of guarding yourself, if you will. You're just keeping it to yourself. And the more we keep those type of things, you know, the longer this season ends up getting prolonged, if you will. Uh, right. I just think, obviously, uh, you know, uh, being a Christian, I just think of like the Israelites for 40 years just wandering around the desert. Why? <laughs> because they were complaining. And it could have been, uh, you know, just like a 40-day thing. But instead, it's 40 years. So right. we don't want that happening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think people get stuck in those types of ruts and sometimes never break out of it. I mean, that's just the sad truth is sometimes that's just the way life is for, you know, I think a large majority of people in the Mm. world and it is really sad, but you know, that's, that's one of the biggest benefits to mentorship is they can help you break through those boundaries. Like you're saying. So yeah, I love those tips. Well, to quickly um, kind of wrap up, you know, I think, we, we kind of talked through, you know, there is no strict process at the end of the day, but there are some phases that, that you kind of go through, you know, as you're kind of going through the selection of your mentor and deciding if this mentor is going to be a good um, person for you to connect with is just getting to know them a little bit. Start with like who they are and, you know, what they do and if they have family and, you know, what their interests are and kind of start building that rapport and generally finding, you know, hey, are they in the same career field? Have they gone through things or do, have they grown up in a similar way that I have? Um, whatever the, the different... Um, um, rapport building techniques are and then you kind of step into okay this person seems like they could be a good mentor you guys know that you have availability to actually meet on a fairly regular cadence you can kind of get into those deeper level questions to you know kind of say hey are we generally aligned with our values you know do we actually you know have uh, common interests or do we actually have common uh, foundations that we're going to be able to connect on a deeper level and then after that you know you can kind of talk to them about you know goals you have 
and things you're struggling with. And that's kind of that third stage for, you know, the kind of the goals and maintenance of so saying, hey, you guys are meeting regularly. You have these broader goals. They're helping you uh, work towards it, whether it be reading something together, whether it be working through specific phases of um, getting a job or, you know, growing in a relationship, whatever it might be. And then, you know, from, from there and beyond, you don't really need something to help you facilitate that relationship anymore. Your relationship's going to be pretty strong and you guys are going to be connecting however makes the most sense for you to connect. Sometimes it could just be text. Sometimes it could be you do have like a meeting a month, whatever it might be. And you really start diving likely into deeper topics when you're in those seasons of life where you guys can really push each other and you can ask some deeper questions and you can really get into some of the really hard things and they can help you and encourage you through those situations if it does go that way or help you accelerate through some of the the more opportunistic um, situations as well. Yes, I love that recap, Michael. And, you know, it's just at the end of the day, you want to figure out what do people stand for? What what are their virtues? Uh, be willing to be vulnerable with them within the relationship that you're building over time. And ultimately, that will help unpack and get you to uh, the end vision that you want for your life. So thank you for that recap. And um, so this has been Another episode of the Instant Mentor Podcast with myself, Lance, and Michael. We are the co-founders of Instant Mentor, where we connect and equip the next generation through intentional mentorship on our mobile app. To join our community, visit our website, instantmentor.io, or join us on social media at Instant Mentor. To find your mentor or mentee, download our Instant Mentor app today and get started. As always, if there is ever anything you would like us to discuss mentorship-related, please reach out. We would love to hear from you and talk soon.